1: Today is Monday, April 19, 2021. On this day in 1989, a 28-year-old investment banker named Tricia Miley was brutally beaten, raped and left to die in Manhattan's Central Park. Five Black and Latino teenagers were immediately arrested for the crime, though physical evidence pointing to their involvement was scarce. The boys became known as the Central Park Five. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this crime, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of sexual assault and battery that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today, we're covering the vicious assault of 28-year-old Trisha Miley and the subsequent arrest of the innocent teenagers known as the Central Park Five. The ensuing case highlighted significant prejudice Black and Latin Americans experience in the justice system. Let's go back to New York City's Central Park on April 19, 1989, just after 9 p.m. Tricia Miley left the office at around 8pm. She raced to her Upper East Side apartment to drop off her things and change into workout gear. Then, she hit the street for some exercise before bed, as was her routine. After a grueling day working at the Solomon Brothers banking firm, she liked to jog in Central Park. A good run helped her wash off the day's stresses. At the time, Trisha had no idea that city police were making their way into the park. Calls had come in that an unruly pack of about 40 teenagers were harassing people out for a skate or their evening dog walk. The city was no stranger to such upsets, but there was a different kind of unrest that night. This so-called gang of teenagers beat up a man carrying home his groceries, punched strangers in their faces, and ripped folks from their bikes to steal their jewelry. Meanwhile, Trisha jogged into the park at 84th Street, past the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and ran up to 101st. Just before midnight, Patricia was discovered in a ditch about 50 feet from the 102nd Street path. It was clear the woman had been sexually assaulted and beaten within an inch of her life. The attack on Trisha was so grave, she lost two-thirds of her blood. She was unconscious, barely alive. She bled from five deep cuts on her head and scalp. Her skull was fractured, and someone had dislodged one of her eyes her brain swelled from the beating. Doctors anticipated if she survived, which she likely wouldn't, she would be physically, intellectually, and emotionally incapacitated. News stations reported that at least a dozen teenagers dragged the Central Park jogger from the running path and through thick undergrowth to a small pond. There, they tied her up, bludgeoned her with stones, raped her repeatedly, and left her to die. Meanwhile, New York law enforcement hustled to uncover details and hold the attackers, whoever they were, responsible. Overnight, they rounded up and detained several potential suspects who'd been in the park. Two of the boys in custody, 14-year-olds Kevin Richardson and Raymond Santana, were arrested for unlawful assembly. That's when a gathering of three or more persons share an intent to jeopardize public safety, peace, and order. They were brought in even before Trisha was found in the ditch. Cops held Santana and Richardson at the precinct for several hours before notifying their parents. When authorities discovered Trisha's body, they jumped to link the pair to the attack, but there was no real evidence of the kids' involvement. Early the next morning on April 20th, 16-year-old Corey Wise, 15-year-old Yusuf Salam, and 15-year-old Antron McRae were brought in for questioning. For more than 24 hours, the police deprived the boys of any food, water, or sleep. Even though forensic officials had no DNA and little evidence to connect the boys to the crime, authorities charged all five boys with the attack. Under duress, nearly every one of the kids confessed on video. Only one of the children, Youssef Salam, maintained his innocence. Finally, on May 1st, 1989, Trisha Miley woke from her 12-day coma. When she finally came to, she had no recollection of the attack. The boy's fate was left to the justice system, and things weren't looking good. Coming up, slanted media coverage damages the trials of the Central
0: Park Five. The internet. What would we do without it? So much information, so little time, and yet, with all the answers available online, there still lies scores of deep, dark, spooky secrets, mysteries yet to be solved. Until now, this isn't clickbait. This is our exclusive new podcast, Internet Urban Legends. I'm Loie, your evidence expert, and I'm Eleanor, the self-proclaimed skeptic. Together, we're the gruesome twosome, sleuths in search of the weirdest stories on the web. Every Tuesday, we investigate the internet's creepiest conundrums, covering each conspiracy theory and combing through every clue to separate hoax from haunt. Whether it's the video sure to make you lose your appetite, blank room soup. Or every kid's worst nightmare, the terrifying truth behind Disney's deaths. Or every parent's worst nightmare, social media's Momo Challenge. Each episode of Internet Urban Legends is chock full of disturbing details which are either truly demented or ripe for debunking. And no matter our conclusion, we're sure to be left scared half to death. So won't you join us? Follow our new Spotify original from ParCast, Internet Urban Legends. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify.
1: Now back to the story. At just after 9pm on April 19, 1989, a 28-year-old woman named Trisha Miley was assaulted, dragged from a public path into a ravine in Central Park, raped repeatedly, and battered to near death. Five teenage boys, known by the media as the Central Park Five, were charged with the crime, and four of them, having been coerced by authorities, confessed. Surprisingly, false confessions are not uncommon among younger suspects. According to the National Registry of Exonerations, young people are prone to admitting guilt for crimes they did not commit. 38% of exonerations for crimes allegedly committed by youth under 18 in the last quarter century involved false confessions. As the world awaited their trial, Heavy-hitting real estate developer Donald Trump spent over $85,000 on the local newspaper's full-page advertisements. The ads simply read, bring back the death penalty, bring back our police. Though the innocent miners had not yet gone to trial, Trump had no problem calling for their execution. His ads inspired a media firestorm, fueling the public to turn against the five. The police and prosecutors cooked up a pretty convincing, albeit false, narrative about the boys' activities in the park that night. At the time, coverage of violent crime was rising in the media, and though there wasn't any real evidence, the journalists bought into the plot too quickly. As reporters peddled the story, they drove the Justice Department's need to hold someone responsible. As they were tried, Each boy's story contradicted the others. There wasn't a single eyewitness, and no DNA evidence proved the kid's guilt. Nevertheless, all five suspects' cases were settled, and they were convicted. Corey Wise was found guilty of riot, assault, and sexual abuse. Antron McCray, Yusef Salam, and Raymond Santana were all found guilty of robbery, riot, rape, and assault. And Kevin Richardson was found guilty of robbery, assault, rape, and attempted murder. Their sentences ranged from 6 to 13 years in prison. Later, the boys recanted and attempted to change their pleas to not guilty, They said they were coerced into confession by underhanded police tactics. Still, Wise, McRae, Salam, and Santana spent nearly a decade behind bars. Richardson was imprisoned for even longer. Over a decade later, in 2002, Corey Wise ran into an inmate he'd seen once before, Matias Reyes. Reyes was locked up for a series of rapes in the late 90s, as well as for murder. After speaking with Wise, Reyes told the police he was responsible for the attack and sexual assault of Trisha Miley in 1989. He said he was only 17 when he attacked her. He also made it very clear that he acted alone. Reyes confessed with great detail, he shared information only the attacker could have known. Plus, his DNA was a match to that collected at the crime scene. Though Reyes was guilty of another rape only two days before Trisha Miley's incident, he was never named a suspect in her case. On December 19, 2002, Thirteen years after the crime, and after the Central Park Five had almost entirely served their full sentences, the New York Supreme Court vacated their convictions. In 2003, Wise, McCray, Richardson, Salam, and Santana filed a civil lawsuit against New York City. They sued for racial discrimination, malicious prosecution, and emotional distress. Though the city avoided the case for more than 10 years, it eventually settled for $41 million. The payout gave the men $1 million for every year they were imprisoned. Four of the five served about seven years each. Kevin Wise served 13 years. The case of the Central Park Five shed some light on the inequities people of color face when they come into contact with mass media and the legal system. Since their exoneration, the Central Park Five have forged ahead with their lives, Kevin Richardson has married. He and his spouse are raising their daughters outside New York, and he advocates for criminal justice reform. Antron McRae has moved to Georgia, where he and his wife are raising their six children. Raymond Santana also moved to Georgia. He's raising his daughter, and in 2018, he founded his clothing label, Park Madison NYC. Corey Wise resides in his hometown, New York City. He's an activist, public speaker, and pioneer for criminal justice reform. Yusef Salam is a father of 10 children. Also in Georgia, he's a published poet and advocate for justice reform. Tricia Miley works with survivors of sexual assault and brain injury. In the end, the five falsely accused men and the victim of the April 19th attack persevered in the face of insurmountable adversity. Their strength in the face of such unjustness reminds us that we must do better in the pursuit of true justice. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more on the Central Park 5, check out the two part series covered on Not Guilty, a Spotify original from Parcast. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovic. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by John Levinson, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells and Alex Benedon, and fact checking by Haley Milliken. I'm Vanessa Richardson.